Welcome to Bossy Pants and the Nerd. We're Mel and Kevin, and we're going to chat with you about our passions, what we've learned, and what we love. Also, we're married to each other, and you get to listen to us talk. You are welcome. And it's Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Sorry. Was that actually the intro to that song? Wandering down this road that we call life. It was one of the older ones. It was like the second one. Act- so today... <laughs> We're talking about some of our favorite TV shows, in particular, uh, those from our childhood, uh, or just shows that we keep coming back to. <laughs> I'm still hung up on the Boy Meets World Why? thing. I honestly don't remember that at, at all. I watched that show just about every Friday night, because TGIF was a big deal, but I, if I had to tell you what the theme song to that show was, I could not do that to save my life. So I'm still hung up on that. Okay. But yeah, I think that... Step by step. I mean, that one I remember. Day by day. Who doesn't remember seeing them like go to Six Flags and ride that, you know, the roller coasters and stuff. People we love. Yeah. This is going to be you singing theme songs all the whole time, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, that's that's great. So I, I, mean, I think that the shows that you like say a lot about like the frame of mind you're in for that stage of life that you're at. Yeah. So like when you and I were talking about this, we... We both watched a lot of Friends in college, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty common thing for college students. And it's like now retro awesome for yeah. students in 2020. We were like re-watching a show that had just finished, and everyone else like nowadays is like, oh, it's so retro. Look at this cool 90s yeah, like, show. I think I watched it live like the last season. Live. Yeah, I don't think I did that, but yeah. like, And so, I mean, I think... Friends in particular is like a really polarizing show. It's kind of a love it or hate it kind of thing, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I I think that it's it is delightfully brain dead. <laughs> you do not have to think at all while you're watching Friends. Yeah, Joey's gonna be stupid and hit on women, which is probably you know has not aged well in the whole Me Too era that we're in. This you know, Ross is gonna be a dork. You know, Monica's going to freak out about marker caps not being properly placed back on the markers. They need to click. Rachel is going to do some shopping therapy. <laughs> Phoebe is going to pluck Cle- somebody's aura. Cleanse your aura. Yeah, that's you what know, I was thinking. And Chandler's going to make stupid jokes and nobody laughs no at No one's going to remember Chandler because yeah. that's Chandler's it's, thing. It's true. Could he be any more forgettable? So Friends is extremely quotable. We probably quote Friends at least once a day. I mean, we've watched all seven seasons probably 10 times there are 10 seasons of friends 10 seasons 10 seven times maybe we own the collection we do yeah anyways so yeah it is kind of brain dead but you're looking at like character development i think for some of us especially college students like when you're having that communal life um there's something that everybody wants like you want community you want the type of well, maybe some people do. I I crave that. I think enough people crave it that it went on to be like a super successful TV show that you wanted people who just come into your house and sit on your couch and enjoy a random meal with you at random times of the day. Like that type of relationship is harder to find when we're all living very individualistic lives. Everybody needs a Joey who's going to walk into your house and eat your food without asking. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Hey. And I, I say that sarcastically because I don't particularly like sharing, but, you know, I mean, he's right. Like, you, you need friends who, who feel like they have that kind of access. And I think that especially in college, like, you're like, oh, I'm becoming a person, you know, like everyone is being super special and like, oh, I've got, 
I'm, I, I'm finding my friend group, like, you know, like all those things that you're doing for the first time ever. Um, yeah, like you, you, you like seeing a show that says, hey, it's possible. Mm-hmm. You can actually find some friends that you're actually going to stick with. As a grown up. As a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, I have no interest in watching Friends right now. Right. Like if you were like, hey, let's watch some Friends tonight. I'd be like, that's cool. I'm going to get out my phone or play some video games or something. Yeah. I've thought about it a bunch of times because it just, it does make me laugh. But when I actually think of like, which one do I want to watch? I just like the idea of it. I don't actually want to. I have the DVDs, you guys, so like, I don't want to actually put the DVD in and pick and have to watch the whole thing. I just like the one line of, you know, the memorable line of the show. It's like The Princess Bride or Monty Python or any of those, like, quirky Mel Gibson movies from, like, that era. You know, like, they're really fun. Sorry, Mel, um, what's the other Mel? I don't know. I don't know those. It's the guy who did well. like Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs and. I don't know any of those. Mel Brooks, maybe. Crud. Okay, you People guys. People who really all... like his movies are like screaming at their. You their should all laugh right now that Kevin thought that those were Mel Gibson movies. I always get those two dudes confused. They're both Mel. The Passion of the Christ. Yeah, um, the Passion of the Christ. It's an eminently quotable what's movie. What's the freedom? The, um, Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah. yeah, like those are Mel Gibson. I I, I know this. Okay. But Anyways. I meant the other one, which I'm pretty sure is Mel Brooks. Um, so, yeah, no. I, and I think that, you know, those kind of quotable movies, you know, like they're they're really good to like, hey, I've seen these and we have this bonding experience because I can quote it and you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But then actually sitting down and watching it is terrible. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever actually sat down to watch Monty Python by yourself. <laughs> It is not funny. It has to be a community experience. It, it really is only funny if you are like on something or in a group of people. Like if you do it by yourself when you're fully in your own mind, mm-hmm. it's not funny at all. Yeah. And to be clear, I have never watched Monty Python by myself. On drugs. On drugs. <laughs> have you ever done drugs? Just Kevin? in case my mom just listens. To, just to be clear, I have not done we drugs. We have never done drugs. That is, that is not part of my experience. Yeah. Just in case mom listens to the podcast, I need to reassure her. Okay. Um, But yeah, like, I think that there's that shared experience that comes with a lot of the shows. Like, you kind of shut your brain off, you watch it, you quote it with someone later, and, like, that's fine. Yeah. That said, there's also, like, escapism. Like, hey, the world is terrible. I need to go watch this TV show because it's going to make me feel better. Yes. The West Wing. Enter the West Wing. Enter (laughs) the West Wing. Because, you know, we would all rather have Josiah Bartlett as our president than... Frankly, Biden or Trump. Bartlett for America. Bartlett for America, and uh, it, it would be really, it would be really comforting to me if Leo McGarry were grumpily sitting next to the Oval Office and keeping all the trains running on time in government. That yeah. would, that would make me feel better. I'd be like, you know what, everything is going to be okay because Leo McGarry. I don't like Leo. He's got it. But whatever. Um, I've never said that before, but I don't. You're um, wrong, but that's fine. I don't think it's right that he like funds everything. Anyways. Um, Toby's grumpiness makes, makes me laugh. I need um, some pie. Because you're kind of grumpy like Toby. It's true. But, I mean, The West Wing, when I say that, that's one of my favorite shows. People are like, like the show from 20 years ago? I'm like, yes. We did not watch it when it came out. I don't think you did. We did not, no. Um, but we picked it up when it was on, I think... It was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And was it during the first election or did we just watch it randomly? And then we rewatched it. <laughs> we watched the... it. Rewatched it during the first Trump 20, campaign. Yeah, 2016 election. Because <laughs> he needed to feel better about alternate it. Alternate reality. And now we're 
we got rid of Netflix because we wanted to stop just buying into media. And so we decided to do the old school thing and just buy, invest in some, we thought DVDs were going down the tube, so we got rid of most of them. But we started collecting DVDs again because we're like, well, these are the shows that we care about that we actually would rewatch. Uh, so The West Wing is a set that I got, you know, Facebook Marketplace. However, someone threw away our DVD player. Uh, no, the remote. So we can't select show episodes. So that's, we need to buy a universal remote. Neither here Which is there. like a $10 investment that we've been waiting like a month to yeah. make. Because I, I don't know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've actually learned a lot about um, civics, po- politics from the West Wing that I honestly never retained and still have trouble uh, processing. Schoolhouse Rock tried to teach you how a bill became a law, but West Wing finished the job. No, see, I just hear the song. I don't actually in- internalize <laughs> That's the That's what message. I mean. You had to watch West Wing to yeah, finish the job. exactly. So what's another show we've watched recently on DVD? Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. Not the movie with the weird blue people. The Nickelodeon show. And not the weird redone movie that's equally terrible that we will not speak of called Avatar. The cartoon that first aired on Nickelodeon. It is a masterpiece. Now, Kevin never... He tried to convince me to watch this probably for a few years. I did. And I was like, no. No, 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 no. Like, just did not interest me at all. Maybe because I have some trauma or or like just prejudices around a couple of my friends in high school who were like super into anime and things and I'm like yeah no and I don't want to watch a cartoon I don't want to watch something about I don't even know what Avatar is I don't know what an airbender is like none of this interests me but we sat down and I was open to it like I feel like more of a grown-up you made you made made room in your heart I did and and it changed me (laughs) (laughs) It moved me, Bob. <laughs> Speaking of quotable things. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, like, for those of you who maybe haven't seen it or haven't even heard of it, Avatar is, it's a three-season, like, 20 episodes, 20-minute cartoon. So, like, you can watch the whole thing in less than 20 hours. Like, so it's not a huge time commitment TV series-wise. Um, you know, The West Wing is way longer. Um, but Avatar is, it, it looks like a kid's show. And it's got some like some crazy like funny slapstick comedy moments like a kid's show would. Super goofy. Sometimes. But it uses the goofiness to like lighten it up a bit because it's actually really kind of like it deals with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, like the whole narrative, the overarching thing, like you could basically quote the intro and the intro kind of sets it up is that, you know, like the whole world is essentially at war. There's yeah. four nations and one of them has decided to attack the other three. They lived in harmony until the Fire Nation attacked. Everything changed when the Fire, Fire Nation, Nation attacked. attacked. So basically the series is about the Avatar's job is to bring balance and to bring peace back. Um, and so the, the whole series is about how in the world are you supposed to do that? How do, you, how do you bring peace to people who are so opposed to one another? And do you bring peace by just ridding, like getting rid of and like offing the the leaders the horrible leaders Mm -hmm. or is there an alternative right and so the whole like the whole thing is ang's trying to figure out ang is the avatar ang is trying to figure out like okay how do i peacefully and like how do i do my job how do i bring peace yeah um and so there's there's all sorts of like subplots and things and it's it's delightful and um he has a flying bison with six legs yeah there's, you know, there's silly it, stuff, it's crazy, but it's, but it's it's good. It's very uh, good and evil, but it it 
does an excellent job of bringing to the surface the fact that there isn't really a obviously right and obviously wrong answer in, to almost any circumstance. Like there are shades, there are people involved, there are um, circumstances that make every problem complicated. And it just, it paints it, um, it, it goes through character development that, in all the characters really, that is super transform transformative in their lives, even as it's funny, um, that you can kind of find yourself in these characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe while we're on the topic of like what shows you watch and why, um, we could talk a little bit about the shows that we intentionally put in front of our kids. Yeah. You know, um, some of them were our favorites as kids. And I think that's kind Sesame of Sesame Street is still a thing, guys. Yeah, and it is still good. It, it went through a rough uh, <sighs> preteen kind of years. <laughs> can we can we talk about Elmo's World and how terrible yeah, Elmo's I'm not, World I'm was? I'm not a fan of that. Um, Ew, the yeesh. ones from like early 2000s, I, I've seen some of the reruns because I wasn't watching Elmo at that point in my life. Or Sesame Street. And they were not good. But, Kevin, you always say Sesame Street taught you to read. Literally did, yeah. I actually I learned how to read before I got to elementary school. Like, before I got to kindergarten, even. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of it was I, I did. I watched tons of PBS shows. Mm -hmm. And if you think of PBS and all you think of is, like, the boring Antiques Roadshow kind of thing, like, seriously. Hey, you... no. That is an awesome show. <laughs> We can fight about that later if you want. <laughs> the Lawrence Welk Show. I used to watch that with my grandma all the time. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, so taking Sesame Street and, like, showing your kids TV shows that are designed not to make money, mm -hmm. but showing your kids TV shows that are intended and explicitly made for the purpose of educating them. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that... And not just entertaining. Like, that's... Yeah, that's been the, the struggle is that so many shows are just trying to, like, numb, escape. But I want to learn when I watch television, which is why I like watching The West Wing and Avatar. Like, I need to engage my mind. Mm -hmm. And I want my kids' minds to be engaged. And it's why we've sort of stopped watching Friends. Yeah. You know, like, there needs to be some sort of, some sort of tension that you can learn from mm -hmm. in the story if you're watching like a, a story-based show. Yeah. Or if you're going to put something in front of your kids to kind of distract them for 30 minutes, because let's be honest, we all do that if you're a parent. Especially during the pandemic. <laughs> um, you can distract them at least with something that's going to teach them their letters and teach them colors. Yeah. And, you know, so like all of a sudden the other day our two, not even two and a half year old, like just decided to like fill in the numbers and count to, count 10. to 10. And I'm like... she's. 25 months and i never sat down to like talk with her about that 26 months yeah you know i never sat down to talk with her about that and teach her right but because of the screens that we do put in front of her when we need to distract her and go do something else um you know she's she's been learning from that mm -hmm. you know and so i think that's that's another big part about how we decide to watch shows is okay what is this show teaching me yeah because you learn something from everything you watch yeah and if you watch SpongeBob, what you learn is stupid humor, dumb quotes that are going to get people to judge you, and a reduced attention span. Yeah, and we're we're super against SpongeBob. Sorry yeah, no, for my kids don't even know SpongeBob exists, and SpongeBob it is fans. going to stay that way. We actually visited someone about a year ago who had just had a baby. I took the girls with me, and they were watching. They had SpongeBob on in the living room, and Kirsten's face like 
completely glazed over as she was watching this. And I was like, yep, that's why we're not watching it. Like where she's watching these other shows and she's yelling the answers out and and really engaged. And I love Sesame Street at, at the end. They say we're growing kinder, smarter and stronger on Sesame Street. And that's really that is my goal for my kids is that they would be kinder, stronger and smarter. Mm-hmm. And so they're teaching moral lessons and they're also teaching numbers and letters and Super Y is another pretty good one that we like on mm-hmm. I think that's a PBS show as well. Yeah, it's on the PBS Kids app. Mm-hmm. Um they're learning to read. His name's Wyatt and they ask good questions and they learn their alphabet and mm-hmm. um and Little Einsteins, that's another old show, but from 2007 on now on Disney Plus. Um uh, but we liked Baby Einsteins too. Um and Little Einsteins because it I know it doesn't keep every kid's attention because it's not super fast paced. Um, but I think in that sense, like it invites you into a, a different sort of experience. It has uh, instrumental music going on. It has classic right. music and it classical and it explains the artist and it shows you actually the piece of artwork uh, or of the, the piece of music. And it has the kids learn about Fortissimo. And she told me what that meant the other day. And as a former piano teacher, that makes me really excited. Um, <laughs> and I'm not having to teach it. <laughs> well, and I think too, like you, you mentioned pacing. Mm. And pacing is honestly the thing. Like if you want to watch a stupid humor show, then then fine. Like SpongeBob is stupid humor. And as long as you recognize that's what it is, fine. Mm. You know, I, I, it's you're not going to go to hell because you watch SpongeBob. It's like Friends. I mean, people probably think the same about it. I think it's worse than Friends, mm-hmm. but yes. Um I think the real problem with SpongeBob is the pacing. Mm. Like I've only ever seen like fragments of an episode here or there, but the number of scene changes. Yeah. Like where it snaps from one perspective to another, very rarely will it sit on the same shot for more than a couple seconds at most. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's that fast change, the the crazy out of nowhere humor um like it it kind of teaches kids to expect to always have something new happening yeah whereas you know a lot of the pbs shows or sesame street or things like that you know they'll have much slower pacing Mm -hmm. you know sesame street i think very intentionally will have a pretty wide shot Mm -hmm. have four or five characters standing there and then they talk back and forth amongst themselves yeah they don't bounce around right visually you know occasionally they'll have like a close-up they'll mix in or whatever but i think it's a very intentional decision to make sure that, okay, this is not going to be the lure of the novelty. We're not going to have lots of flashy things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to make sure that it it feels more like a real-life conversation. And the lesson speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what Mr. Rogers does well. And now Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, that's another good one that some people don't love. Because, I mean, the, the little rhymes or songs... Uh, really do get stuck in your head. Um, but they're super helpful for social skills, I think, for grown-ups, too. Maybe yeah. grown-ups should watch Daniel Tiger's Name. Hey, guys, when you start to feel angry, just take er- a deep breath and count to four. Good try. You almost got it. <laughs> almost got the Apparently, tumor. I don't watch enough yeah. Daniel Tiger, and Melanie's going to correct me. So here's how it really goes, apparently. When you get so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath. And count to four. <laughs> okay, so I got yeah, the ending. He was pretty close. Uh, but Mr. Rogers, I mean, that's a really slow show. And I remember feeling like that was pretty slow, even as a kid. Um, but now, like, when I sat down with my girls to watch the old, like, from the 80s Mr. Rogers, 
it really does feel like he really cares about you. Like I, it it feels that way. Mm-hmm. How does he do that? Well, I mean, for one, you know, there was an urban legend when I was in high school going around that Mister Rogers had like full sleeve tattoos and was like ex military. Oh my gosh! Um, if you ever heard that rumor, it is a rumor. It is not true. <laughs> Mr. Rogers was actually an Anglican priest, believe it or not. Probably a lot of people know this because there was recently There was the recent movie, but not everyone watched it, so I yeah. figure it's worth mentioning. And when he talks, like when he was producing the show, they had what they called Fredish, which is what they called how he spoke. Mm. You know, like cuz he would go over the script with a fine-tooth comb. Mm-hmm. And you know, like there there's some examples online that people have published about how he kind of went through and was like, okay, well, not every kid has parents, so we can't tell them to go ask their parents if something happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to tell them to go find a safe adult, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so like, it was little changes like that to the language of the show mm-hmm. where he was intentionally making the lesson something that would be applicable to everyone, mm-hmm. not just to the standard audience that most education is tuned for or entertainment is tuned for. Mm-hmm. Because um, I mean that's the thing. If you're if you're trying to reach the widest audience possible, you, you're gonna just kind of pick the generic person and keep them in mind and find something that they're gonna really dial into. And you know, there's a lesson there that that's usually not the most effective way to do something good. It's just going to make people you know like addicted to watching your show next week. You yeah. know. Um, and so I think that whatever you're trying to teach or whatever you're trying to do for yourself, mm-hmm. it's good to make sure that you're aware of, okay, how is this changing me? Mm-hmm. You know, like if I watch The West Wing, does it make me more idealistic? Mm-hmm. Or does it just make me really mad that Josiah Bartlett doesn't really exist because I want to vote for him? You know, like, yeah, and maybe <laughs> maybe The West Wing bums you out, in which case maybe you don't watch it. Right. Um, but you just... When you watch stuff, try and be aware of, okay, how, how am I reacting to this? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's really important. So I have uh, two, two, directions I, two different directions I want to go. One is uh, coming back to one of my favorite childhood shows, which I think was yours too, The Magic School Bus. Oh, heck yes. Which at some point, we were living in New York. It was probably 2010, no, twenty. 12 and we were like you know what this the magic school bus box dvd collection is on sale for 50 dollars or it whatever was 30 30 dollars 30 let's buy it for our future kids like at that point we were i don't we, yeah we were dealing with infertility we didn't even mm-hmm. know if we would have kids but we're like we want our kids to watch the magic school bus and now here we are however many eight years later mm-hmm and our kids, both of them, love the Magic School Bus. It's true. And, I mean, at first I think it was a little bit, some of them were, Kirsten is really uh, sensitive, so she was a little afraid during some of the shows, but they get it. And, like, Kirsten understands the digestive system and can explain the small <laughs> intestine and, like, all this stuff because she keeps watching these same episodes of the Magic School Bus. Um, and, and it's just fun, and it's a show that I enjoy watching with them as mm-hmm. well. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, how my personal uh, ability to watch shows um, <laughs> and how my personal tastes have changed because I've changed. Um, 
So early on, when was the writer's strike? And, and the writer's the, strike was back in like 2011, if I remember right. I remember we were watching a lot of Bones and House. And yeah, and it was when uh, Neil Patrick Harris got super bored and decided to get a bunch of friends together. And that's when they did Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Oh, right, because uh, uh, in the middle of that, he was also on How I Met Your Mother, which right. is a show we really enjoyed. And the show had been taking a break because, you know, writer's strike. And so I had watched Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, which if you've never been able to see it, you really need to go find it and watch it because it's hilarious. I should have rewatched it before this recording. You really should have. <laughs> but we had a giant fight as a married couple, as yep. a young married couple. We'd been married like, what, four years at that point or something like that. And what happened was I was like, hey, this show is really funny. You should watch this with me. And she watched it. And there's there is a lot of like over-the-top, like, larger than life humor like yeah. there's actual like an actual superhero and a supervillain and they're trying to join the evil league of evil and like there's all this like over the top Super intentionally ridiculous. stupid name names for things yeah. right um like one of the the superhero his name is the hammer you know like it's it's over the top <laughs> and melanie's remembering one of the lines right now um but the the thing is like the show is actually like the protagonist the quote-unquote good guy is the bad guy who's mm. trying to join the evil league of evil. And so it's just, it's cool to watch how they kind of subvert all those expectations. And I think for me, I just, at that point in our, in my life, in our relationship, I was definitely just watching things on a surface level for entertainment. And I mean, I was a big TV watcher as a kid. I loved watching TV with my dad and watching crime shows. I enjoyed watching like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, like where it's straightforward. Like this is what you are watching. Mm -hmm. um, when there's subtext or like themes, mm -hmm. my brain doesn't go there right away, or at least it didn't used to. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I miss that if it's not present and I don't really want to watch it. And so Melanie told me that she thought that Dr. Horrible sing-along blog was silly. I think I said it was dumb. the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> and we literally had a pretty large marriage fight about it yeah. because I thought that she was completely missing the point and clearly not paying attention and that she was a terrible person for not, not caring and not paying attention to what she watched. Yeah. Which you can imagine how that would upset someone if your if your husband or spouse were to say that to you. Like, hey, when you watch TV, that's just dumb. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, yeah, I can understand why you were upset at me. But yeah. I was I was upset. And when two people get upset at each other, you fight about it. It's funny, I kinda like weaned myself off of television because it was such a part of my growing up years. And when we got married, I was like, We can't not have TV. So we on like $60 a month of income. Like we have no income and we still paid. Kevin still allowed me to get oh whatever gosh. it was, Dish or... Yeah, we got cable. cable like we were like satellite, satellite or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't even remember at that point. I remember that the year we got married was the year that they came out with digital TV because they were giving out the boxes, right. to mm -hmm. con the converter boxes. Um, we're dating ourselves now, but... Um, I, we had literally $60 in our bank yeah, account. Yeah, and when you would go to work when we did move and I was living... Basically, I was by myself all day because I didn't have a car. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just watch TV because I don't want to be alone. <laughs> like, And I think that's what a lot of people feel. They just want the noise there. They just want company. And I at least wanted to learn something. So I'd have cooking shows on or um, uh, mostly cooking or design shows. Like, I wanted to learn. I learned a lot from Rachel Ray and Giada De Laurentiis and... Mm -hmm. um, I, I, yeah, you went from being the the girl who literally didn't know you could make brownies from scratch, right? 
to like watching Rachel Ray twice a day and deciding like I'm going to be awesome at this and then starting a recipe blog. Yeah, the Pioneer Woman and I started, yeah, Mm. it was, it really did help me. But then I began to realize I need to get comfortable with silence and I need to not always be engaging all of these senses. Like I just, I need to let go of some of that. So we started letting go of some of the TV and then we got rid of that entirely at some point and only would watch like Netflix and then now I, I'm realizing, well, maybe last summer we listened to the Harry Potter books on audio. We've done some audio books together where I just sit and, you know, do a coloring book or like crochet or something for my hands while we listen to a book. Mm-hmm. Um, or frankly, I'm just enjoying, like, instead of saying, hey, can we watch a show real quick? Let's just sit and read, like, beside each other mm-hmm. and just be still and listen to the crunch of my popcorn that I have every night. It's true. There's a lot of popcorn crunching going on in our house. If you need to know how to make popcorn, here here you go. I'm just going to tell you. So uh, you should not. Uh, I grew up also on microwave popcorn. I'm sorry, Dad, but it is not. It burns your mouth. It's not good. It's just not good. So you get a pot. It's got to be a heavy bottom pot, and you cover it in oil so that then you put the popcorn kernels in. And to be you fair, to you cover the bottom of the inside of the pot with oil. Sorry. You don't like put cover. oil all <laughs> over the pot. Sorry, you pour some oil in, probably a couple tablespoons, and then you put your kernels in, your popcorn kernels. I like yellow. Uh, I used to like white, but they're too small. And anyways, yellow popcorn kernels. And you cover the bottom in a single coat of popcorn kernels and make sure the oil just barely covers the popcorn kernels. Okay, so they're all even. Nobody, no kernels are stacked on top of other kernels. Put the lid on it. This is a crucial thing because multiple times I have popped popcorn without the lid on it and it is a disaster. And then you turn it on high heat and you just let it go. And when it when you slows down the popping, you turn it off and dump it into your pot. Do not add extra Dump butter. it into your bowl. Dump it into your bowl. Thank mm-hmm. you for yep. words. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not add extra butter or oil. Just sprinkle a whole bunch of sea salt on it and you are welcome. If you ever wanted to see what a kitchen looks like, if you were to like make a kitchen into a ball pit, but instead of balls, you have little popcorn kernels, just forget to put the lid on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. And you'll be sitting in the other room, maybe going, huh, that popcorn sounds really loud tonight. It doesn't normally That's sound weird. that, oh my goodness. And yeah. then you'll run in and, you know. Yeah. But I think the moral of this story is to... We encourage you to join us in the the pursuit of being entertained and being changed at the same time. Like, engage your mind on some level. Like, challenge yourself to think outside the box. Challenge your ideas of right and wrong. Um, Learn something along with your kids. It's true. So, go watch something and learn something. Which does not include Boy Meets World or... (laughs) Yeah, Boy Meets World, you know, step SpongeBob, step. step by step. I mean, all this I did eh. I did love those shows, but they weren't really teaching anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go forth and watch. Mm-hmm.